Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you, and enjoy. Well, I was down in Florida for like nine days, and I was on the first part of this five, six days down there. I was on a priest retreat, and the last part I was visiting some friends, and uh, it was cloudy and rainy for all nine days. And then I came back on Tuesday night late, went to bed and woke up and there was snow. And uh, just with all the temperature change, I'm just proud of all of you being here because I'm super tired tonight. And I'm just kind of like, well, I'm done with the whole thing. We'll just hibernate until July. But I was on this priest retreat and it was called a healing retreat. And it's weird to even say that out loud. Right? Because if you're going to go on a healing retreat, it presupposes, oh, I need healing. Which makes it very funny on the first night when 20 priests from across the country meet each other. There's no posturing going on because we're all on the same retreat. We all need healing. And this is the number one gift of the retreat, is a setting, a place where you don't have to pretend you're fine anymore. It's an occupational hazard where we, as priests, we tend to hide our needs because we're busy pouring ourselves out. So to get together and then invite the Holy Spirit to be with us for six days, it's a really beautiful time. And one of the easiest ways to sum up healing is that each one of us is made unique and unrepeatable in the image of God who is love. Which means anytime we have failed to love, or anytime we have not been loved, there's a wound. Because we have failed to be what we were created to be. And out of this wound comes pain, and wherever there's pain, there's fear, and wherever there's fear, there's confusion. And so most of us live in a weird mixture in our inner lives of pain, fear, and confusion. And then we try to live and relate to other people. And we think they must be fine because the outside of others don't match up on the inside of us. So they look strong and competent. I feel confused, broken, and scared. And therefore, we just start imitating other people. Cue your adolescent years, middle school and high school. Right? You're not the only one. It's everyone. It's the human condition. And then these habits get ingrained. So when anyone is finally willing to cry out they need help, whether that's in a moment of honest prayer, or that's in the confessional, or on a retreat, man, Jesus is so abundantly close to that person. It says in one of the Psalms, God is close to the brokenhearted. He might be, but do you know who's not? Us. We don't want to be close to our own broken hearts because it hurts, it's confusing, and it's scary. And then cue a devil who is so enjoying our brokenness because he can just constantly push it and then say lie after lie. This person will leave you if they knew. See, you're bad. You're gross. You'll never be enough. Everyone else is fine, but you... Add all of that in and you start to realize the fierceness of our Father God who wants to come deliver us, protect us, and care for us. So what is healing 
is a bunch of things, but one of the first things that's healing is the truth. Think, if I was to tell you my life story, I'd let you know most of my life, I was afraid of the truth because I thought the truth, the verdict on my life would have been one thing. But we keep hearing in Scripture, the truth shall set you free. So what we want and need is the truth. And since the truth takes on flesh, the truth has a face. And therefore, the truth is also beautiful. And it's the beauty of Jesus' love for each one of us that sets us free. So what heals this, what starts us on the process of healing is sitting with Jesus, actually hearing him, looking at him, letting him look at these places so that he can tell us who we are. He can claim us back because that's what he wants to do in your life and that's what he wants his church to do in the world is to claim back what so much darkness has claimed. So when we hear in the gospel today, Jesus saying, Listen, there's bad shepherds. They're in it for the money. They leave as soon as it's difficult. And he says, I'm the good shepherd. What he's saying is, is when it gets hard to care for me and you, when we are kind of very needy, because we all are, Jesus isn't like, oh, gosh. He's not exhausted by us. He's God. Other shepherds in your life story or in this world, they will love you to a point, but as soon as you make claims and burdens on them, they will get out as fast as they can. Jesus is the only one who steps closer to us. And the good news is what he wants to reveal in his love is not just him, but the face of the Father. This is what it says in the gospel. He says, I know my father and my father knows me. That's why I lay down my life for the sheep. What this means is Jesus knows what the fatherhood of God is like. And it's a fatherhood that's poured out for the son. It's totally given over to God the son. It's a fatherhood that says, I am so in love with me, you now own me in love. And Jesus, for all of eternity, has received this love, feeling a father who lays his life down for him. And now because he's loved in his humanity, he can lay down his life for the sheep. When Jesus lays his life down, what he's saying is, I'm loving you the way the Father loves me. And because the Father loves me, I'm freed up from needing you to be okay. I'm freed up from needing you to have your act together. I'm freed up from you thanking me. I'm freed up from needing you to love me back. God the Father is loving me and filling me up and touching and healing all my needs that I am now enabled to love you with divine love. This is what happens in the Eucharist and in the confessional and in times of prayer. Jesus pours into us through the sacraments and the Holy Spirit and it's meant to provide for our hearts the places where bad shepherds hurt us. 
places in our hearts where we are filled with shame and regret because we didn't love. He's meant to go into these places, not to crush, but to draw us out and renew and say, you are very good. Facing your brokenness and growing, yes, but you are the Father's son. You are his daughter. And when we rest in that truth, it sets us free to love each other without counting the cost, St. Ignatius says. This is what has transformed culture. It's not brilliant ideas or democratic processes or politics or money. It's men and women who have been touched by the beauty of Christ and have been transformed because they were vulnerable enough to let God in. And now they are freed up from their stories. Their past doesn't define them. And they're able to love freely in the image of God as He created us to be. This is why in that second reading, with such joy, the opening line is, look what love God has bestowed on us in letting us be called the children of God. Let me put it in another way. Isn't it awesome that you and I are loved by the Father with the same love He has for Jesus? We tend to think Jesus is Coke and we're Diet Coke. Like a little water. Of course the Father loves Jesus, but maybe if I was good, maybe if I was better, maybe if I did, then the Father would really love me. It's the other way around. It's his love that enables us to do good. It's his love that enables us to pray. It's his love that enables us to forgive. It's him blessing, healing, and stepping close. This Sunday is Good Shepherd Sunday. And what we do is we look to Jesus as the image of the Good Shepherd who is God the Father. And yes, sometimes shepherds use the crook of their staff to pull sheep back who wander, but not to punish, but to keep them in the identity of who they are. Hey, come over here. You're my sheep. Don't go over there. There's wolves. You're going to get hurt. Be with me. I will love you. I will provide. I will lead. And of course, we all have the journey of trust that we have to make. But the church in the 21st century will only last to the degree that men and women and priests let God the Father love us with the same love he has for Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.